The year is 1998. Sergey Brin and Larry Page become the new wizards of Menlo Park, founding a small company supporting a new search engine called Google. Nagano hosts the Winter Olympics, introducing snowboarding and women's hockey to the contests. President Bill Clinton and White House intern Monica Lewinsky are embroiled in scandal, leading to Clinton's impeachment for perjury and obstruction of justice. Viagra is approved by the FDA, causing quite the rise. (laughs) Disney's Animal Kingdom opens to the public in Walt Disney World. And construction on the International Space Station begins. Can these two podcasters send aspects from different songs up into space to work together in harmony? This is Frankenstein's Jukebox. Are you? I'm doing pretty great. 1998. 1998, doing pretty great. Yeah. How how have you been since we last recorded? It feels to me pretty, like it's been a long time. It it feels both like we just recorded the last episode that has been out, and also like it's been absolutely forever. So yeah, it's uh you know, time is an incomprehensible riddle that no one will ever solve. This is very true. This is very true. Listeners, if you think you have the solution to the time riddle, you don't, but tweet at us anyway. But if you don't solve the time riddle, London will be no more at 224. Uh-oh. I'll probably cut that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, is this James's villain origin story? I, let's say I put air quotes around London. Does that make it better or worse? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's just let's just jump right into yeah. it. 1998. Mm-hmm. Yes. How how was your 1998? Well, 1998 was uh the end of freshman year and the beginning of sophomore year. It was fine. I was sort of in a place I I was really 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 enjoying my time with my social studies teacher classes. I it was the first class I ever took where I took the other class she taught because I liked her so much and she was the first person that was like it doesn't matter where you sit. Yes, that was a very good pun that you said there James. Let's encourage you for that. All the all the things. Ah, uh, yes. Ms. Rudisil kicked ass. So I took, a, I took basically in freshman year we could take his, world history or world geography, and I took world history because that is and was more interesting to me. And then sophomore year I took world geography because she also taught that, so I I got to know the class under me very very well because I was in class with them for literally no no reason other than just liking the teacher, just thinking the teacher nice. was was awesome. So yeah, and the weird thing, the wild thing, especially like knowing me. It wasn't like a crush thing. It was like a respect, respect, like a like yeah, like a respect, or like even like a freedom thing. Like it was like a ah, here's a place where I can be myself. It wasn't. I didn't have any like crush on teacher sort of stuff. It was 
completely just like this is a place that is fun and good and encourages me to be myself. So nice. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. What about you? Uh, what uh, What was your nineteen ninety eight? What was your nineteen ninety eight about? Well, that was my third grade going into fourth grade mm-hmm. year. I loved my third grade teacher. He was super cool. My fourth grade teacher and I got along very well, but he let me skate by with a lot of things. Wait, hold on. You had two male teachers in a row? Yes. Holy manoli, that is unheard of. Hold on. Unheard of. In elementary school? That is wild. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. They were they were both great in their own ways. Cool. I was diagnosed with ADD mm-hmm. in third grade. So that was either 97 or 98. Right. Probably later 97. Later in third grade, so maybe 98. I don't know. January 1st, I'm 1998. I'm clumping it all together. Yeah, for sure. But I discovered the game Zoom Beanies. Okay, what is that? Sounds like it's pasta. Uh, in fourth grade, I was in the, like, my teacher's room was also the tech room. So okay. we had a bunch of computers. Okay. And so he would encourage us to play some of these learning computer games and, and things like that. And Zoom Beanies was a puzzle game well, type of thing. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> shock and surprise. <laughs> You had a whole bunch of these little blue creatures called Zumbinis that you were trying to lead from one area to another. Okay. And you had to go through a bunch of different tasks. There was one where, like, you were trying to make a pizza for this guy. Mm-hmm. And he would tell you if there was a topping on the pizza that he didn't like. And you had to, like, logic out what it was that he wanted on the pizza because he wouldn't tell you. Mm. That's about all that I remember of the game (laughs) other than I was absolutely fascinated by it. That's awesome. And it's when I also uh, first started... Oh, that's when I first started a creative writing thing that I did for a little bit. Okay. Uh, I wrote a series of stories about this group of friends who could step inside computer games and love it. and play them they were the series of books books uh-huh yeah. series of stories called computer steppers it's very very creative name there and oh. yeah <laughs> i love uh, it <laughs> it would basically just be me enjoying different parts of games that i liked to play and writing about them i have a a, a question i think everyone in the audience is asking as well yes did the computer steppers ever step into Zumbinis? Uh, almost certainly. Okay, that's the one. That's the coveted that one. That's might have been one of the first ones. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine. Oh, uh, the thrills! Oh, the thrills! The chills! The spills! The bills! Huh. The trills! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but of course, as we're getting further and further back, we're getting into time frames I don't remember very right, well. Right, right. So that's about all that I remember of my 98. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I remember remarkably little of mine as well. So, I mean, I think we're fine. Yes. Like, you know, what is memory but stories about stepping into the computer game of your life? Exactly. We're all sort of computer steppers, I guess, in our own way. In our own way. We're all computer steppers. It's probably going to be the title of the episode. Um, 
<laughs> See if you can get the author's permission for that one. Yeah. I don't have anything, of course, for a slightly, I won't say forsaken segment, but mm-hmm. a segment that we haven't done in a little bit. Right. Of right. Uh, read you loud and clear. Right, right. Yeah. Because you were you were in that Zumbini zone and not journaling. Like, and not journaling. Yeah. yeah. James, I understand that you have something, maybe not for the exact same segment, but something related. Uh, that is correct. I have decided to do a segment called Rejeer Loud and Clear, or Read You Loud and Year. We'll see which one uh, feels better. Um, I have uh, my yearbooks, and I wish that I'd started this three years ago because I definitely go through my yearbooks a lot. Or I I used to. Matt does my my son does the same thing, uh, just sort of like going over and seeing who he knows, whatever. But I thought it'd be fun to try and find like very 1998 uh, signatures. My friend Meredith made fun of me for liking the Smashing Pumpkins album Adore, which came out in 1998. Okay. So that's a, that's a fun thing. Erin referred to me as, she said, I enjoyed getting to know you better in class this year, Tentacle Boy, because I was one of the tentacles in Little Shop of Horrors, which was my first participation in theater that wasn't ushering. That is tentacular. Yeah, for sure. No testicle jokes were made at all during that uh, show. Nope. I do nope, not believe you. Not at all. And... I also saw something up here. Oh, we got a, someone had a stamp. They wrote the thing and then they stamped their name. They could have just written their name, but uh, but they didn't. And I think that is a very like you bought a stamp with maybe they had maybe they used their name their stamp with their name on it for other things besides yearbooks. But it would be funny if they didn't. If they just used it, they got it expressly for the yearbook. I'm getting some good foley here. I want to see if I can find uh, if Miss Ruta still signed my my uh, my book anywhere because I think that we brought her up and people are much much like Zumbini's question. We need to know if Miss Ruta still signed my yearbook. Well, I think yearbooks are funny because you feel like a jerk not signing it for someone, but also if you don't know the person, then it's like what do you, like what what are you even doing? Like what what are you gonna say that is gonna be you know in this person's life? In some ways, forever if you're me, and in some ways until they get rid of yearbook for probably many other people. So you get a lot of that's. I think that's where like the see you next next year, ha- have a cool summer or whatever stuff comes from. Yeah, I am. I am absolutely appalled to see that I don't see her signature anywhere. So that is that is weird. That is weird. Anyways, so we'll see if I we'll see if this this comes back. The real fun yearbook signatures were junior and senior year so uh we've already passed those years and we're not going back so yeah anyways people also gave their phone numbers a lot which which felt weird to me at the time but now 
I, I struggle with like the idea that like everyone in high school just has everyone else's phone number. And that's weird to me too, in a different way. I don't know how that's, yeah. that's the one place where I'm like, what is youth, the youth of today doing? I mean, like Lila just has her friends. Maybe it's a fictional, like a, t- a TV show movie thing where it's like, I'll just, I'll just, oops, I accidentally, you know, texted my crush. It's like, but you had their number like weird. Yeah. Anyways, that's, that's it for, Read your loud and yearbook. Read your loud and yearbook. <laughs> year, That's it. Year, year, year and yearbook. Just all the words are year now. Perfect. All right. Well, let's move on to another segment then. Let's do it. Since we're talking about uh, songs that came out in 1998, mm-hmm. let's talk about the songs we didn't pick. It's not that they weren't good enough. It's not that they weren't James. Yes. We put out there on the Twitter and in the Scavengers Network Discord. Yes. That we were recording and we wanted to know what people's picks were. Mm hmm. And on Twitter, we got a friend of the show, Depression Mode. Yes. Responded with. A good list here. You Get What You Give by The New Radicals. Mm-hmm. Say La Vie by Bewitched. Oh, sure. With the star. Yep. Yep. Uh, this Kiss by Faith Hill. Mm-hmm. It's centrifugal motion. Yep. Praise You by Fat Boy Slim. For sure. That is a stellar choice right For there. For sure. For sure. Uh, Believe by Cher. Yes. Which was the first CD that uh, Depression Mode owned that they got from a thrift shop with their very own pocket money. Lovely. Lovely. Lovely little thing. I'd love to there. know what their second favorite track on that album was. Just because I, I don't know any, you know. Others? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure like I'm sure it was a full full CD. Cher is a consummate professional. She's been in at that point she'd been in the in the industry for, you know, 20, 30 years. It was surely not just a, a single and some remixes, but like, you know, you should, Indeed. Yeah. What they had said was, as I was, in fact, a literal tiny child in 1998, I had to Google to see if there were any songs I liked that came out that year. And it turns out it was a year of bangers. Mm. And also maybe the stuff I heard on the radio as a toddler really did imprint into my brain. Which might explain how this kiss made that list. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but, but Daniel, it's uh, incredible. I don't... <laughs> oh, James. Oh, me. So that's what we got on Twitter, and over on the Discord, Mike, also known as the Gigas. Oh, yep. Gigas? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Legitimately, back in 1998, I was 100% interested in NSYNC, so tearing up my heart off the self-titled debut album was my jam. I was in my era of figuring out what I want to do with music. The influences from my mom were more country, grow up in southwest Virginia, and everyone's listening to country. And I hadn't quite made it into Weezer or Weird Al yet. That came with the Green Album in 2001 for Weezer and Running With Scissors for 1999 for Weird Al. Of course, I recognize that the correct answer is We Like to Party by Venga Boys. I was, about, I was shaking my head at the word correct, and then I stopped shaking my head because... <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct that answer. That is the correct answer. Uh, I just shout out to Mike for... Coming on the Discord and saying uh, in sync, loud and proud, no caveats, no nothing. Like 
Hell yeah. yeah. You love you love to see it. You love to see it. We support unabashed love and and fans of things. Absolutely. Although, Being unabashedly obsessed is so fun. Yeah, I think that the official unabashedly obsessed line is is Backstreet Boys are better, but I'm I would have to check that. Uh <laughs> <laughs> For those who are unaware, I first uh, got to know James through his old podcast, Unabashedly Obsessed. Yeah. Uh, that he did with Aaron. It was a delight and is still available for listening. It is still available for listening. And we have one episode that is officially on the, that has only been released on the Scavengers Network about Very the, nice. uh, the circle on Love Netflix. it. Yeah. It's theoretically still something we're doing. It's just, it's whenever we want to do it. I love that. Yeah. Colin M. Parker. Heard of him? Has given. Quite an opinion here, uh, which is not to say that it's a bad opinion. It's just he had a lot to say. We'll be the judge of that. So Colin says, God damn it by Alkaline Trio. Cringe is truly an unbelievable song. Hello Rock View by Less Than Jake. Despite the weird horn sound, so many of those songs go hard. Let's talk about Feelings by Lagwagon. May 16. If anything else, that song. And then several greater than symbols. Right. Hitler bad, Vandals good by the Vandals. My girlfriend's dead and I know, huh, we're truly bops for a young me. Born on the 1st of July by Chicks Dig It had some catchy tunes too. There's also Why Do They Rock So Hard by Real Big Fish. The setup was something I tried to live up to in every single band I was in. Keys Be Nights by Catch-22 is, I think, a massively known one. OMG, Radiance by Athenium was 1998. Athenaeum. What I didn't know was a crew, was that? Athenaeum. I'm sorry, Athenaeum. Oh, my bad. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Radiance by Athenaeum was 1998. What I didn't know was a crucial piece of Colin M. Parker lore and history. I have that on single. Very nice. It's Yeah. Again, I'd love to know the second favorite track on that uh, Athenaeum album because, uh, as far as I'm aware, they were not a one-hit wonder, but rather a one-song in their catalog. Existence. Band. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, yep. I think today or yesterday is the 25th anniversary of Keysby Nights, I think I saw. So it's nice. like, yeah. yeah. I'll co-sign all of that. that. Uh, I guess I don't know the Chicks Dig It album, and that is not my Vandals album. Mine is Look What I Almost Stepped In, um, but that is the more popular. The Hitler Bad Vandals Good is the more popular Vandals album. So yeah, yeah. I co-sign that. Great. Would you like to share with us your honorable monsters? I, I would. I I was listening to uh, the uh, Spotify, you know, Rock in 1998 playlist on Shuffle earlier today, and none of the things that I put as my honorable monsters were songs that played, but there was a bunch of things. I was like, oh my god, and that one? And that one too? So if I was constructing my honorable monsters like I did for the 2000s and 2010s where I went through like the day of recording and got some albums from the... Like Wikipedia page, oh, that was a good one, that was a good one, that was a good one. Then I would have probably picked some other things. But these are, honestly, these were the ones in contention that I didn't pick for this year. Here we go. Fastball out of my head. Just solid, just solid, solid. I heard that out the other day. I'm like, oh man, I love this song. I don't hear this enough. Yeah, it's that whole album is really good, but, but out of my head is like a standout track for sure. Yes. Sean Lennon, John Lennon's son, uh, released an album called Into the Sun, which is really, really good. And I don't have the link on me, but I wrote about it for Off Your Radar, which is a uh, newsletter I wrote, I contributed to. And he 
commented on it. He like got back to us about that article and stuff. So it was really cool. The song I picked is called Mystery Juice. It's the first uh, song, and it it that album is so weird because it's it's you know whatever genre he wanted to record. There's like a cowboy like doom 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 like it, like, but there's also like you know long rock instrumental store sort of stuff it's really really good i heartily recommend it i believe it is on spotify and mystery juice starts it off really really good with like some very very loud guitars and then some very very i guess twee vocals i mean that in a good way okay yeah yeah uh second no third they might be giants dr worm as far as i can tell that had its debut on severe tire damage if not Okay, I'm getting a nod it from did. our producer that it did, and <laughs> it's it's the like they might be giants is so weird because like some songs I'm like this is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life, and some songs I'm like this is also incredibly weird, but this is also a a a, a rock song for the ages, and I feel that Doctor Worm is a rock song for the ages. It's just really, really, really good. Ugh. I wish I was I listening to it right now. I completely agree. <laughs> Next, Cake Never There, Prolonging the Magic, came out in 1998, and it is... I think that Fashion Nugget is my favorite Cake album, but I think that Prolonging the Magic has my favorite Cake songs on it. <laughs> is <laughs> that weird? interesting <laughs> distinction to make. I think Fashion Nugget I've heard more as an album, so I think of them as sort of a cohesive solid piece but like singles wise prolonging the magic has you know like sheep go to heaven never there others that are not readily jumping to mind but never there is just like it it always rocks it's one of those that like it starts with the dial tones you know that it's well it's funny because it starts with the dial tone so it could be the first uh song fallout boys first album or never there and you have to sort of let the dial tone go for a second before you know what it is but yeah never there is just a really really great song and then finally, that whole new Radicals album is really, really good. It's yeah. it's better than that single is really good, but the album is like if you if you saw a paint, you know, like what if the Mona Lisa secretly had like a nine times bigger like landscape around it? Whereas like, oh I know that one part, but then it goes off into the distance in all different directions. That's what the rest of uh, that new Radicals album, maybe you've been brainwashed too, is like. And the first song on that, I picked uh, two first songs on some really weird albums, is called Mother We Just Can't Get Enough. And I was this close to picking it for this year. There were some killer aspects. Uh, it would have been very similar. His fingers are very, very, just like, very close What if I was together. like some killer, like I was this close, which is not very. This close. <laughs> Just like arms wide. With arms wide open. You know, it's funny that you said that. I almost picked this song. So yeah, Mother We Just Can't Get Enough is my last honorable monster. Daniel? Very nice. Yes. What, what are your what didn't you pick? What I didn't pick, well, first I guess we'll start off with the the overlap. Mm-hmm. Because I, of course, also went with a Cake song mm-hmm. off of my favorite Cake album, which mm-hmm. is Prolonging the Magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it has my favorite Cake songs on it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you Turn the Screws mm-hmm. off of Prolonging the Magic has long been my favorite Cake song. It's just so good. There's just a good like vibe in mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It's not a groove. Yeah. So it's hard to say exactly what it is, but whatever it is, I like it. 
people that know cake know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, it's not a groove. Dot dot dot, and they're like, "Got it. Say no more." Yep, I know. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. That's all of the overlap that we have. Oh wow! Bare Naked Ladies released Stunt in 1998. Boy, you know they sure did. Wow, they did. And so tough to pick a song off a stunt. True. As the winner here, but I wound up going with Call and Answer. Fantastic song. Which is a really great song. I once recorded a cover of it for a girl that I was dating at one point. I recorded an album full of songs for her. Just a bunch of covers. You recorded it like you sang it and played the instruments and stuff on it? Yeah. God, that's so cool. Yeah. I was going to tell a story about how I put an NSYNC song on a mixtape one time. Like just the song from the (laughs) CD. But... No, yeah, I uh, recorded like myself playing the instruments and singing, Jeez. including learning a couple of country songs for her. Mm-hmm. Do you remember was, which ones? Where were you when? No, that was too. Austin. Yep. If you see Austin, yep, my girlfriend yeah, yeah, was, yeah. was into that one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's Blake Shelton. I, yes, it is. I could not remember who it was. I'm glad you said that. And <laughs> I don't remember the other one that I did. I do. I I do know my uh, brother-in-law at the time was just my best friend. Uh, was not yet my brother-in-law. Was just mm. basically my brother. But uh, he helped me out by playing the piano line for Constantine by oh, Something sure. Corporate. Sure. And wound up doing the a cover of that that was I think very good. Even though we didn't have the like great drum like step in towards the end of that song. But I'm getting off track. Anyway, stunt. <laughs> Call and Answer by Bare Naked Ladies, mm-hmm. for sure. Off of Perennial Favorites. Yes. By Squirrel Nut Zippers. Yes. Had to go with Suits Are Picking Up the Bill. Very good song. Which is just so lively and bouncy, and it's talking about having a having a night out on the town that someone else is paying for. Yeah. And the song is just as fun as that feels. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And so just so great. If we want to talk about some weird songs, which we do, I'm going to move to a, a weird one now. Lucy's Shoe by Space Hog off of the Chinese album. Okay, okay, I know the band. Uh, Space, yeah, Space Hog is a great British punk-ish band. Listen, the '90s were weird. <laughs> the '90s were weird. <laughs> it's it's hard to put Space Hog into too much of a specific genre. Yeah, other than. The 90s were weird. Yeah. Off the Chinese... I mean, the Chinese album has so many great songs, but I almost picked Lucy's Shoe. Mm. It's not my favorite song off that album. Yeah. But it's one that I almost picked for this because it... I could think of a few fun aspects for yes. it. Yes. And then last, I went off of the very interesting album, Mermaid Avenue. Oh, the... Uh- Billy Bragg and Wilco. The... Woody yes. songs. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So they had all these lyrics by woody guthrie and they wrote songs for them do you know that was a whole like mermaid avenue was part of this whole like dissemination project that woody guthrie's estate did where like dropkick murphy's got a woody guthrie song and like all these bands would have like uh anti-flag had a woody guthrie song on on one of their albums where it was like I just imagine almost like Nick Fury with the Avengers, like a representative <laughs> from the Woody Guthrie estate with a briefcase. <laughs> just you, like you come home and the, like there's a representative just sitting in your chair in your yeah. living room, and this you're like, "How did you get land. here?" He's like, "That's land. not important." 
Oh, uh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, which one which song uh I wound up going with California Stars. Mm. It's just good. It's a good like driving home from a vacation. Yeah. Like wrap up the you know, wrap up the vacation, get in that mindset type of song. Yeah. I love it. It's just great. Lovely. I love that. And those are my honorable monsters. I probably would have picked alcohol from Stunt. Um, I really, really like alcohol, the song from Stunt. <laughs> yes, I also very much like the song Alcohol from Stunt. Uh, and I had one more thought, and this may be a, a segment for uh, James and Daniel Fix the 90s, but I think if one week had been a standalone single, a la like Ticket to Ride or whatever, yeah, it would have been... I, everyone would have been less confused and happy in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yes, agreed. Yeah. Man, light up my room also so off of stunt. So good. It, uh, I always said that it like made me think of my family with the line, there are luxuries we can't afford, but in our house we never get bored. Yeah. Because like, my family was always just having a good time no matter what. Yeah, I love and that. Anyway. Boy, we could we could probably go through stunt pretty track by track and and just you know get into some get into some stuff. Get into some stuff. We're gonna we're gonna do a stunt show. I like that. That's just it's just us <laughs> talking about the song, just going track by track through stunt like Bill Buds talking about how how each of those songs is. Yeah. And Tune in to the Scavengers Network Patreon for Frankenstein's Jukebox Stunt Show. This, probably not a joke. Probably not a joke, yeah. James has given me the face like he's into it. I entered into that 100% serious uh, yeah. with the, uh, I'm willing to just laugh it off if you want to, but nope. Never. We're doing this, folks. <laughs> if you laugh it off, it means you liked it enough to do it. Right. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Scavengers Network. For between $2 and literally a million dollars, we have a yes. Patreon level for a million dollars. We call it the Tracy level because she always reminds people that they are allowed to pledge up to a million dollars. Yes. So for anywhere from two to a million dollars, you'll get, I mean, so much, so much content. Yeah. But especially the stunt show that we're going to be putting on. For sure. Uh, I thought of us. We'll also have crazy stunts that we'll be doing right. while we talk about these these songs. Pickle-based stunts. Maybe not pickle-based stunts. Uh, Pickles are gross. PBS? Pickle I've done enough pickle-based stunts in my lifetime. <laughs> I don't want to do anymore. Um, I when, of- when you brulee a pickle, you kind of hit rock bottom of pickle-based stunts. Fair enough. I had to just piece together the, the, wor- the word brulee um, because I thought it was brulee like what you do in a beer thing like a brewing thing oh. like you, where you put something at the bottom when you brew the beer and you brulee it and then i realized that there was another word that is that uh that is those sounds and it's an actual word so yes that's the journey i went on i did think of this uh this the patreon thing we just did reminded me of this thing i thought of in the shower before i thought of the merch thing which is here at frankenstein's jukebox we're not ad averse but when we can't run an ad we'll go ahead and add a verse to the song <laughs> this i like that thanks, thanks. i like that advertisers get at us yeah exactly get at us 
get add us, and we'll add you mm-hmm. to the ads of uh, to to our to our <laughs> to our cinematic adverse. That's right. Please give us money. All right. So let's let's get to <laughs> let's get to the meat of 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 what we're doing here. Let's How's do that it. sound? That sounds great. great. James, yo, my good dear friend. Yes. What did you pick for 1998? Well, Daniel, to the surprise of me and everyone, all my loved ones and uh, close family friends, I picked Garbage from the album version 2.0, the song Special, which I wouldn't have, two years ago when we started this, I wouldn't have guessed in a million years that I would, for 1998, have picked any Garbage song let alone this Garbage song. One thing I love about Garbage is when you talk about them, it sounds like you're trashing them, and that's a pun that I don't want to intend, but is nevertheless intended. So when you talk about, you know, that Garbage track or that the Garbage production values and stuff like that. Uh, this Garbage album. Yeah, and they, uh, I believe their greatest hits album is called Absolute Garbage, which I think is very great. It's brilliant. Yeah, so, you know, Shirley Manson and uh, Butch Vig, the producer, Butch Vig, and uh, others in the band Garbage, other Garbage band members. This song was a single, and it was a uh, diss track against Chrissy Hine from the producer, not the producer, she was not in that show, I don't believe, uh, from The Pretenders, uh, Chrissy Hine from The Pretenders. And remember that for the near future when we talk about the aspects of this track. Daniel... Oh boy, I'm excited. What <laughs> What did you bring to the table for your pick this week, month, episode? There it is. I very nearly tried to convince you to let me pick an entire album. Mm-hmm. Okay. For this one. Because, partially because it was very hard for me to narrow down which song off this album I wanted to pick. Mm-hmm. But also because I often will listen to the album in its entirety yes. rather than one song yes. from another. Yes. But in the end, I didn't do that and decided right. that from Neutral Milk Hotels in the airplane over the sea, I was only going to pick one song. And that one song is my favorite song, full stop, mm-hmm. not just off the album, just of all time. My favorite song, Two-Headed Boy. Lovely. In the Aeroplane Over the Sea is an album that is this, like, lo-fi, not like lo-fi beats, but like lower quality acoustic folk rock kind of Mm -hmm. album. And the whole album has recurring themes of ghosts and Anne Frank <laughs> and the ghost of Anne Frank uh-huh. and it's just a very weird weird album and Two-Headed Boy is such a great representation of the the strange of this album I yes. feel like yes and has so many great moments yes that said the whole album front to back 45 minutes long yes Makes for a really great just have a sit down, throw on a pair of headphones, and just have a listen. Especially when Two-Headed Boy Part 2 comes on, Mm -hmm. it wraps up the album Mm -hmm. so beautifully, hitting bits and pieces from all the other songs and just putting a nice bow on it. Not all of the other songs, but a lot of the other songs. Yeah. 
just highly, highly recommend the whole thing. But I had to go with Two Headed Boy. I'm just realizing that that Dan from the Wonder Years probably really likes this album a lot. Yeah, because it does a lot of things, you know, recurring themes, returning to the, you know, like sort of, re- sort of a surprise reprise at the end of the album. It's sort of like emotionally raw in kind of a cryptic way, but it's cryptic in the way that you're like. I don't know what this is about, and yet I know exactly what this is about. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's a great, it's just a fantastic album. It's, I think genre-wise, it's, I always think of it, like, there was a time when indie was a genre. Like, it's a descriptor of, you aren't signed to a major label, whatever. But there was a genre that was indie rock, and this is like lo-fi basement recording indie rock. Yeah. As like a genre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great album. Fantastic. There's, album. there's a great opportunity in one of the songs that is a v- like seven minute song that was taken in one take on the, the very first take. Like Jeff Mangum got up there, played the song, and like there were some horns added in later on, but the first take for guitar and vocals was just done right then and there. And if you listen closely at the end of it you can hear someone and this i read this in the 33 and a third book on this this album i forget who it is in the band but they had gone to the bathroom (laughs) and you can hear them bursting out of the bathroom and yelling holy shit (laughs) because of how like perfect that take was that's so comely yeah 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 it's so great yeah that's amazing yeah, and it's especially impressive because it's like it's a seven-minute song that has like a big shift in it. It was originally two separate songs, "O Comely" yeah. and "Goldaline," that they merged into one. Yeah, and so he just flawless. It was amazing. It's amazing. Fantastic. And I listen for it now every time I hear that song. Every time I, it comes up, I like push my headphones a little closer in so I can hear the "Holy <laughs> shit!" at the end. It's great. Oh man. Oh. Well, this. I know we say it every time. We do. <laughs> this is a this is gonna be a good one. The, you know what? Actually, we don't say it every time. We said it when we revealed these tracks to each other uh, just a week ago. <laughs> and yep. It is. These songs are quite different from each other. They're very different from each other. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be very interesting. So let's just jump into it then. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Gems. We. Oui. Will you hit me with those aspects that you picked? We. Oui. <laughs> That's the royal we. Oui. French we. Louis. Yes. Louis, Louis. Oh, Louis. Louis. That's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> the, fir- the first aspect I have for Garbage's special is the word was in my head and I left. It's just, just a whole bunch of ahs. Just... Just melodic ahs. They're almost like filler. It's it's a it's a great. The weird thing about this song is that it's a garbage song, but it's also basically a pretender song, and that's weird. I don't know if either of us are going to pick a pretender song in the eighties or seventies, but it's going to be weird to be like, didn't we do this aspect? Oh wait, no, it was oh. right. Yeah, it's like doing a diss track on the on like the instrumental of the person's rap that you're dissing. Yeah, um, but but in uh, in nineteen ninety eight alternative speak. 
So uh, Oz is the first one. Uh, second one is uh, somewhat disappointed in a musical hero. Fortunately or unfortunately, there's uh, got sort of some some picks. Uh, we got th- there's not a uh, a lack of picks for for this category that I could write a song no. about. So, <sighs> anyways, uh, the third <laughs> the third thing. Uh, she so basically she's in this. She talks about you know she's. She says, you know, I thought you were special, like in Brass and Pocket. She says, I'm special, so special. Um, and she does other sort of references to that, but it's sort of like a, huh. I don't remember what the story is about why she was upset with Chrissy Hind, which yeah. might have been cool. You know, Daniel, one thing that might have been cool for preparation for this, if that's going to be one of my aspects, is knowing anything at all other than the fact that the song, that, that is what this song is. But no. you know what? We're 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 playing without a net here. Exactly. We're we're professionals. We don't need to know every single exactly. thing about everything. We can still make a darn good podcast without having more net. information than we really need. Yeah. We don't need a net. She can just, you know, buzz off. Yeah. Cuz like a name. And then the third the third thing is I kind of had a hard time figuring out what to call this. And this was this is probably the aspect that I struggled with most to capture i think from the entire show that we've done so far this one was the toughest one okay all right i'm gonna preface this so the thing about garbage is that they're an they're an alternative band but butch vig is also like a dj and like we said the 90s were weird and the late 90s were very weird when it came to genre mixing garbage songs have these weird electronica flourishes underneath the tracks that like when the guitars and drums are going, you can't really hear them. But like when there's a break in the in the instruments, you hear these like, like sort of like drum machine ish kind of. I call them electronic flourishes. But like there's, it's almost like there's a drum machine playing the same beat as the drum, and you can't tell that it's there until the drummer stops and the drum machine doesn't. But it's not okay. playing like a beat on like a drum machine. It's just sort of like added for like detail work or whatever so just some electronic flourishes i guess however we end up interpreting that i think it's sometimes fun when i can absolutely say this is what i mean but when you are making the instrumental and looking back it's more of a free to interpret what you want that to mean kind of deal so this is my you're welcome i guess what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate it i'm interested to give this song another listen and try and pinpoint the bits you're talking about and see if I can pick out what a good electronic flourish would be. Yeah. It's, I guess it's almost like you can tell what the demo sounded like or like he, like Butch Vig made this track. Then Shirley Manson added vocals. Then they added the rock band part of it. And then they did, they left everything in. Yeah. They left all the junk in or the garbage. Oh, did you just stumble upon the real meaning of the name of the band? Oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Daniel, I can't imagine what you've pulled out of Two-Headed Boy. That sounds weird. The song Two-Headed Boy from Neutral Milk Hotel. What aspects did you pull to include in our song for Mice? So my first aspect is descriptive lyrics of a weird setting. Cool. <laughs> because... I mean, that's what it is. Uh-huh. Two-headed boy all floating in glass. The sun it is past. Now it's blacker than black. I can hear as you tap on your jar, and I'm listening to hear where you are. 
I'm listening to hear where you are. And I don't know why this next bit sounds so like sinister and creepy. The two-headed boy put on Sunday shoes and dance around the room to accordion keys with the needle that sings in your heart catching signals that sound in the dark. There's just something about dance around the room to accordion keys that just feels like... I mean, they discuss later that there's like... The the like the, the words with pulleys and weights are used later on. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind that like puts this two-headed boy as almost like a puppet, like a yep. marionette puppet. Yes. Very creepily dancing around the room. Yeah. Otherwise in, in a jar of formaldehyde. Right. I always think it's tap on your jaw because of the way he says it. Uh, yeah. Tap on your jar makes uh, a horrifying amount of sense, but... Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. So descriptive lyrics of a weird setting for sure. Yes. This song is just Jeff Mangum and his acoustic guitar. Okay. And boy, does he strum that guitar strong. Uh-huh. So I've got strong acoustic strumming as my next aspect. Do you know how to play this song on the guitar? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. I figured you might. I mean, it's a fun one to to play for a couple of reasons. <laughs> one is the strong acoustic strumming, and the next is my next aspect. Uh-huh. So I'll get to that in a minute. But yes, so I can play this one on the guitar for sure. I've, I've actually sat down and played through almost the entirety of the whole album on my guitar before. Amazing. There's just a couple that don't translate as well, like Untitled as just an instrumental track that like doesn't translate on an acoustic guitar for right. like the full sound of it and stuff like that but right you know. but the next one is top of the lungs singing because he is really hitting that like the the upper register like bit before he breaks into falsetto like yeah top of his of his range singing and really hitting it passionately and fervently and i love it so much yes absolutely so those are my aspects and I am very excited looking at the pairings of these. <laughs> because I've got, of course, I broke them out into musical, lyrical, and other. Right. And I have two for each. Yes, me too. Good. Uh, musical aspects. Strong acoustic strumming. Electronic flourishes. <laughs> lyrical aspects. Descriptive lyrics of a weird setting. Somewhat disappointed in a musical hero. <laughs> and other top of the lungs singing and just a whole bunch of melodic ahs yeah yeah which feels like the mo- one that works best for sure that's <laughs> the one that works best i love this like setup that we've done of this like almost a al- almost a battle of the bands type of like setup of different like things that don't go great together right right acoustic strumming electronic flourishes (laughs) you're describing a weird setting but you're also actually disappointed in this real person oh we're just gonna hamlet it that the lyrics are not a problem we're just gonna do like a hamlet thing where it's like uh demonstrating uh stuff through uh weird performance it's where i'm I'm good on that one that was not a problem great solid 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 and then yeah top of the lungs singing and a whole bunch of melodic ahs could be paired together could be separate yeah 
the only time you don't do top of the lung singing is on the Oz. That's right. Oh boy, that's going to be real hard to listen to, I think, <laughs> if I were to do that. Great. So what do you think, sound-wise, we should be going for here? I mean, we're, we're going to have acoustic strumming and electronic flourishes, which limits us a little bit. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say something, and I don't know how ready the audience or you are to hear it. Okay. So my favorite Ed Sheeran song is this performance of, I think it's called You Need Me. It's from the first album. I heard him do it on a Day Trotter session, and then I looked it up a YouTube video, and it's a nine-minute solo acoustic performance, but with a sampler that he samples himself doing like the drum beats and the you know all the rest of the stuff, and then it's okay. this incredible like acoustic rap track that it, for whatever pop you know singles Ed Sheeran has released, I will always defend him as a great musician. Even if he doesn't make sure. the kind of music that people like. So something where it's like the acoustic guitar takes center stage, but there are... Like you could almost do weird... Like for the weird setting, you could have kind of eerie Zelda dungeon sort of stuff going on. Yeah. You know how like there are some songs on like a Nintendo video game that are like, well, that sounds exactly like a stalactite dripping water. And I don't know how they've done it but that is correct. This is a correct sound. <laughs> yes. Uh, so you could, I mean, that would be, that would, I think that would absolutely count sort of atmospheric electronic sort of stuff. Okay. So in terms of genre, I don't know. I mean, I think actually we might be in a very similar neutral milk hotel-y sort of place. Yeah. Kind of almost maybe, I don't know if anti-folk necessarily comes into play here i suppose it's lyrical content so probably not but like an indie acoustic indie rock sort of area might be yeah. might be in an okay place the what? the passive cream in uh-huh mm-hmm. the the uh basic cheese uh hostel yep yep yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> the reverse soda home oh i wish i could stay at a reverse soda home <laughs> all right so yeah i think that i think that the acoustic strumming the acoustic guitar strumming should still be the the center of it for sure okay yeah the driving factor yeah and then i don't know what else i like how much more else you want to add to that if anything i mean I don't know if the Oz you want to just be a part of the chorus or if you want to have them sort of as a a choral part, like an instrumentation choral sort of deal. A choral reef, if you will. Is that is that correct? A that choral is riff. definitely correct. Yeah, choral riff. I like the idea of it being a like kind of interspersed throughout, not necessarily just in the chorus. Yeah. Maybe it shows up in the chorus, but like isn't just limited to the chorus. Right. I think... Whoa. I just watched Daniel have an idea. That's why... (laughs) (laughs) There is a synth voice. Okay. Of basically melodic Oz. Okay. So... Oh, the pairing is different than we thought. We could have electronic flourishes... And the whole bunch of melodic ahs 
tie in together there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, still have electronic flourishes that are not just the Oz. Sure. But I feel like we could have those Oz as flourishes throughout. Sure. That are also electronic flourishes because we use the the synth voice. Absolutely. That's that that sounds fantastic to me. I like this. I like this. Yes. So in 1998, Smashing Pumpkins released uh, Adore, which is uh, kind of an acoustic. Ele- oh, wait a minute. Adore is actually a good uh, a good uh, base. I'm about to diss uh, Billy Corgan a little bit, but the album Adore is a good basis of its acoustic sort of strummy acoustic stuff with electronic sort of stuff going on too. Okay. Just if 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 the listener or whatever is is in that what i'm what's in my head is is that sort of area of of music i don't you know i'm not going to diss the album i'm not going to diss the band uh billy corgan has has made some disappointing choices in the recent past and i think that a weird setting to discuss them is the the music video for the not the almost title track ava adore ava adore is like this weird like he is dressed kind of like a vampire in like a, I want to say caftan, but I'm not positive that that's what it is. Sort of like a form-fitting dress, a little bit. I, I, okay. th- I think that I think that's what we're going for. And he has like red eye makeup around. He's sort of stalking from one sort of eerie, sort of crypt-like setting to the next kind of deal. It's been a bit since I've watched it, but like I think that that would be an interesting way to, or at least a, a good jumping-off point, if not that specific thing, to set something in a weird place but also discuss a musician at the same time i love that i super love that idea cool i'm gonna have to watch that music video again <laughs> which I'm is sorry. not a problem no it's not a problem at all again billy corgan's passion Pumpkins is a weird thing because like he's at a place now where like if i want a, a you know a meet and greet or like a you know sit down for lunch with billy corgan i'd be like uh no thank you just because I would be. I mean, I'm sure he'd be perfectly lovely or whatever. But like in a concert setting, when people are like yelling stuff, you're you're like, shh, he's gonna yell at you. Stop yelling. Stop yelling. You know, requests. Who knows how he's feeling about his back catalog right now? Sort of stuff. Yeah. And so, like, I have the greatest hits. You know, DVD, the video. What I, I it's. I still like Smashing Pumpkins. It's just that sort of thing. I, I put Guns and Roses a little bit in there too, where it's like I like the music. And I sort of think of it as having been shot into space a little bit. Yeah. He's not as, listen, between of Chicago artists that have made decisions that I don't love politically and who they talk about and what they represent and whatever, he's certainly not the worst of them. But uh, he did. He has made some interesting calls in terms of support and people that he has backed and stuff. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. So I'm... I, I'm not dreading watching the music video. I recall it being pretty entertaining, but I will be watching it for details and sort of, you know, scene setting and stuff like that. And hopefully Perfect. it's not completely different from what I've described. <laughs> no, James, yeah. that's not it at all. I don't know what you mean. But uh yeah. I'll uh, I'll give it a couple of watches to make sure we're getting to a good yeah. getting to a good spot. Yeah. All right. Well, Anything left on this? This is a caveat mostly for future James and secondarily for future Daniel and then tertiarily for everyone else. 
it may be that I find inspiration and disappointment in another musical artist. Which is fine. As of this recording, that's where I'm, that's where I'm sort of uh, starting off. So we'll uh, we'll see how it turns out. Cool. Yeah. How are you feeling about this? I'm feeling very excited about yeah, this. Me too. I think this is going to be real fun. Me too. Me too. So it's going to be good. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening. We love having you here. We love having you be a part of our fun music making show. We are excited to hopefully be releasing some new song promises soon. Mm-hmm. We're going to start having some guests uh, Start on. having some guests. We've got a guest coming in next episode, I believe. Uh-huh. And I think the episode after that, actually, also. Yep. I think we've got one in 97, <laughs> 96, and 94. Yes. So that'll be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It'll sure, certainly be a lot. Yes. It will. No, it'll be great. No, it's yeah, it's going to be a great time. <laughs> Probably. But anyhow, everybody, again, we are proud members of the Scavengers Network. We already touted it once as we were spitballing ideas for things yeah. to do, but we'll, we'll do it again. Patreon.com slash the Scavengers Network is a great place to go to, to show your support for indie creators like ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you'll get access to so much bonus content for... As little as $2 a month. Yep. So go sign up and you'll get to hear our crazy stunt show spectacular that we're going to do. Absolutely. Stunt spectacular. Uh-huh. Well, we're going to be talking and about Stunt and Rock Spectac, the live album that is also... Rock Spectacle? Yeah. Yes. Well, it's pre- technically it's pronounced Spectac, but that's sort of the most annoying Bare Ladies thing of all time, so... Fair point. Anyway... <laughs> Give the give the network a follow at ScavengersNet on Twitter. We've got a great Discord set up where we can all talk with each other uh, about all the different shows and about all other sorts of stuff. And it's a great spot to go to see what's coming up, engage with some of your favorite creators, find new creators to engage with, all sorts of cool stuff. So Hey, also, uh, scavengersnetwork.com slash store, just based on the other thing I've been thinking about that I'm going to talk to you about after we stop recording. Just That's where the merch is yeah. for the Scavengers Network. Just where merch is. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe keep that place in mind. Maybe start visiting that place. I don't know. Who maybe, knows? Maybe keep an eye out. Maybe some merch is maybe some of our show merch is coming coming there. Yeah. Who, who knows? Exactly. Who knows? Yeah. Future people. Future people know. But we're not future people yet. Not yet. Not yet. But we could be. Well now we are. But we're older than we ever been and now we're even older. Now we're even older. Now we're older still. James, if people want more of you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Unabashed James. And Daniel, Perfect. if people want more of you, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Dantendo64. You can also find me on TikTok at Dantendo64. Either one of those is great. Absolutely it is. And if you want to follow our show, you can find us on Twitter at Frank's Jukebox. That's where we'll tweet out, hey, we're about to record... What are some of your honorable monsters for whatever year we're about to do? And you can send in your thoughts and have those be shared in our next honorable monsters segment. 100%. Absolutely. I guess until next time, thank you so much, everybody, and see you last year. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused treasured content.